Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. Coach Kalani Sataki, head coach at BYU. Kalani, I'm going to lob a softball up there to you. How you doing at BYU? Has it turned out about the way you thought it would? I love every second of it. I love being a coach. I am lucky at where I'm at, and I enjoy every part of it. And so when you ask me that question, I'm all smiles, you know, and, and, and I'm loving every second of it, and I, I can't complain. I'm just so grateful that I've been given the opportunity to be a coach and that I have great mentors in, my, in this profession that have helped me along the way and that I have such great relationships with so many people, both here at BYU. BYU and other places. It's been a hot topic on the station today, and we did uh, touch on it yesterday, but with uh, BYU going into a game against Boise State, who's a very formidable foe, yeah. coming off uh, losing not only three games in a row, but back-to-back losses to Toledo and then South Florida. Uh, you know, people are talking about the head coaching position at BYU and whether standards are being met and what are the ramifications if they are or are not. And I, I think this is how I would sum down the, the or sum up, excuse me, the conversation in my mind, Gordon. There's the BYU football program is where it's at because of circumstances, but Kalani is the guy for the job, but the circumstances at the moment are overwhelming the program, but he deserves more of an opportunity to, to pull it out. That's well said. Is that what you believe, or is that what you think is just uh, someone's uh, theory? Or the other side, where standards are not being met, uh, you need to find somebody who can meet those standards regardless of those circumstances, that those are excuses, and this program is capable of more. And that's the that's the it seems to me that's the prevailing battle of ideologies yeah. in well, this discussion. If it's the second one, then you better go convert Nick Saban and hire him. Well, even that's part or, of the discussion whether whether that standard for a, a card carrying member of the church should yeah, it is. that should exist or well, maybe I mean, that should uh, be changed. Yeah, maybe it should, but that is the way they uh, that's their rule down there, and uh, you know unless you're going to get Andy Reid. You're going to pay him $15 million a year and bring Andy Reid in? Not likely. I, I I think it's more the first than the latter. That the right guy is there, but the circumstances are overwhelming the yeah, football program I, right I now. I think there are weaknesses uh, with what I'm seeing from the coaching staff, but I don't think that's the end-all, be-all. I don't think that is the cause. I think there are things that run much, much deeper than that. Uh, an overall commitment to a successful football program, in my opinion, does not exist at BYU. I think there are evidence. There, there is evidence on on both sides of this argument. It depends on on really what you weigh more. Uh, I would say the the shape of the defense right now, BYU, and and I wholeheartedly believe this. They should never, ever, ever be one hundred and twenty third against the run <laughs> in the country. That yeah. should not happen. They've showed their the ability to recruit linebackers and linemen there that hey, maybe some years are better than others, but you should never ever ever be 123rd in the country against the run. So, I would certainly if I were the in charge of athletics down there, I would be examining stuff like that. Why is that? Is that because you don't have the guys? Because that's coaching staff fault? Is that because they're not coached well? Again, coaching staff fault. Yeah, at the college level, both of those things fall in the, in the coach's lap. So how much accountability is demanded for that? 
And are there other examples that you would point to and say, okay, this, at BYU, regardless of the, the other circumstances, this should never happen? Is more of that going maybe, on? Maybe it should never happen. Maybe some of it shouldn't happen. But, okay, look, you're Kalani Sataki, and you're going into a young guy's living room who you really want. This guy is going to help your program in a major way. What are you selling? What are you selling? What do you say to that guy? Okay, uh, we play top drawer football. Not true. We uh, we play for uh, a conference championship. Not true. We uh, if you make a mistake. Uh, it, 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 short of breaking the law, it, it it will not get you in trouble. Not true. I think you're. What, what are you? What 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 are you using to lure in these players that you need in order to make your program what you want it to be? First and foremost, you sell. Religion, unique experience. I mean, that, that that's what you're leading with because the the majority of your recruits are are going to be members of the church. How many prayerful, three hundred pound defensive tackles are there out there? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a bunch, but some of those guys are going to the University of Utah. You need to. Or be they're s- going to SC, or they're going to Wisconsin, or they're going. Uh, what what do you have to sell? And and with the with the way the LDS Church has its institute program they have things to offer these kids at other universities that you know not not as comprehensive as at BYU but have you seen the uh, the LDS institute uh, building up at the University of Utah I have mm-hmm. I mean if that's what you want if that's the flavor you want then you can get it there and you can still play for a rose bowl berth well, if I were BYU what I I would say it's still not the same but I I think that's a strong argument that other uh, universities like Utah are making when when uh, guys are deciding between the two. But I also think, if it, honestly, if I were Kalani, I'd be selling these big-time games on, on a big stage, but I'd sell playing in them. Right now, if I were a BYU coach and I needed to recruit guys, I'd be saying, you're going to play tomorrow. And there's not even going to be a doubt. I mean, like, But I already thought that he, when we talked with him a year ago or so, maybe two years ago, he said, I'm never going to give anybody a position. They have to earn it. I and he did, and and in his mind, uh, maybe that's the direction he goes. But what what I see missing from BYU right now, and maybe they have some of the missionaries uh, coming back or whatever. But but BYU, when they've been successful, which is a lot, by the way, they've always got a handful, six ten, absolute dudes, absolute studs. And and six, you've been ten? six two ten? Oh. Did I, not six ten? Not not height six two ten. Well, I mean Kafusis, you know, they're a they're a tall family. <laughs> so maybe but anyway, my point being like uh the other day, I can't remember what we were talking about, but we went and reviewed some of the players on that 06 BYU team. Mm-hmm. There was a handful of absolute studs. And you've been you've been talking about BYU needs more playmakers. This is kind of what I'm talking about, but on both sides yes, of the ball, on both not sides. not just offense, but yeah. on on defense as well. Yeah, they, they don't. Can't, they can't rush the quarterback. They can't pressure the quarterback, and they can't get chunk yardage. Or they they don't often do that because they they just don't have the playmakers to do it. And I'm not even talking about NFL guys, although that would help. I'm talking like, is there a Cameron Jensen? on this BYU team right now. Is there a Cam Jensen? Because that guy that guy balled at BYU. He was tough. 
He made a zillion tackles down there. He was a good leader. He was a dude. Is there is there a Cam Jensen on that defense right now? I mean, it, they're void of studs. I'm not saying completely. I think Zach Wilson can be that guy. Uh, I thought. Are you um, sure about that? I'm not even sure. I'm not a hundred. I'm not a. I'm not a hundred percent. We'll see. You know, I thought at one point Micah Simon would develop into a guy like that, but uh, Matt Bushman, I think, is a dude like yeah. that. But there's not. There's not a bunch of them right. like we usually see. Right. It's Kyle Whittingham says it over and over and over again. The most important aspect of being successful in college football at a high level is recruiting. You got to get the athletes. You got to. And if you don't have them, then you don't have the weapons you need to win. And BYU is lacking. They have some good players, just not enough of them. This was the case with Utah State for a long, long time. And back then we were saying, wait a second, if Boise State can be successful the way they are, why can't Utah State? And they've headed in that direction ever since. I mean, now they have many more playmakers, and some more in certain years than others, but BYU has dried up in that regard to some extent, and they need to get those guys back. But what are they selling? Right. What are they freaking selling? That is the key question for BYU. And how much money are they willing to spend to get those players? And I don't mean illegally. No, no, no. But Utah spending a million, over a million dollars a year on their recruiting budget. Right. And this is, this is right to staff, to travel, to how everything. Much, how much are you willing to pay your coaches? How much are you willing to pour into that program? Or do you view it as a church calling? Do you view it like it's objectionable to us to pay our coaches X amount of dollars? How much is Morgan Scally making right now? How much is Andy Ludwig making right now? Uh, what are they up to, Seven fifty, like Something like that? Yeah, I think so. Is BYU willing to pay its assistance along those lines? Now, Jeff Grimes might be making some money, but I, I don't think they're at the same level. You get what you pay for, don't you? This whole idea in your mind that, well, we've, we've had miracles in the past. We've had these, under Lavelle Edwards, we had certain things happen where we really weren't paying for it, but it, it happened. So it can happen. It's not going to happen. No. You get what you pay for, and BYU's not doing that. They are not committed to uh, the level of, of quality football that their fans are hoping for, and that's a huge chasm. Utah, Arizona State, Rice-Eccles Stadium, Saturday, Gordon. Pac-12 Network. Figure out, figure out a way to watch this one. This is a big, big game. I mean, this is, this is huge. It is. It's one of the bigger games uh, that they've had in the Pac-12 because if they lose, for they've re- they've had real expectations for the first time this year. Not mm-hmm. you know like real lofty expectations. And if they lose, I I think you could probably count on the the division title slipping away from them. And the, and that I mean the standard for the Utes this year is Rose Bowl or bust. In my opinion, now you might disagree with you. I think you said as long as they make the championship game, then that would be satisfactory. I I think it's higher than that because they did that last year. Yep, but they didn't win it, and so to take the program a step further, especially when you have uh, this particular team with these athletes, you you got to make the Rose Bowl. That's it's Rose Bowl or bust. And Arizona State is a really tricky opponent. I, I think there's a reason the Utes are favored by two scores. I'm certainly going to pick Utah over Arizona State uh, in, in this week's game. I would take that. I would take the points, though, wouldn't you? 
Ooh, what? Well, I'll double check it. What it's at? It was at thirteen, I think, yesterday. You really think the Utes are two touchdowns better than ASU? Possibly, but see, that's I guess that's the tricky part of this is because AS, ASU is kind of tough to figure out. They've they've scored a bunch of bunch of points some weeks. They haven't scored a bunch of points some weeks. They've given up a bunch of yards one week, and then they're super stingy the next. But here's what they're really good at: gritting out wins regardless of the situation. And there's there's kind of a that's that's tough to uh, you know put your finger on because if you look at ASU statistically, they're not particularly good at anything. They're they're average across the board on everything, but they figure out a way to grit out these victories in in clutch moments, and that's really. <laughs> It's tough to quantify, but it's really dangerous. I didn't even know that to grit was a verb. Well, I just uh, there you go, Gordon. But you're probably right, and I think the Utes are really good. I think they're the best team in the Pac-12. Maybe Oregon. I don't know. We're gonna find that out. But two touchdowns better. I I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, and I will state that afterward if the Utes go out and smoke this team. But you're right. I mean, look at the track record with this team over the past two seasons when the Utes have been good. They haven't been good enough to beat the uh, beat the Devils. Last year was a disaster, and it wasn't all about Tyler Huntley getting hurt yeah. either. They yeah, gave up over 500 yards in that game. And, and you saw the way that game was trending even before he got hurt. Right. And now they have a freshman quarterback as opposed to a senior, and Nikhil Harry is trying to get healthy enough to, to suit up for the Patriots. But there's other weapons on the offense that makes them – Certainly dangerous. Well, we've talked about the Benjamin kid. He is really, really good. And uh, so this is, but this is, the, the Utes have to win this game. And that's what makes it so compelling, such compelling theater to go in. And I'm sure fans are just out of their minds excited about this game. Because if they get this one, then obviously they have to play well every week, uh, but but the, then they have to go up to to Washington to face the, the Huskies up there. Uh, but they're good enough. They're good enough to win the conference. So now the question becomes: Will they? Right. And Washington doesn't look as formidable as they once did. Right. I think that that game is is certainly winnable. And the Utes don't have to play the Ducks until the championship game if they qualify. And Cal is a good defensive team. But Utah's a really good offensive team, and Cal can't move the ball. I, I wouldn't expect How's them to move it against working for the Bears these days. Uh, not well, no, especially not without their quarterback, who wasn't particularly good to begin with. <laughs> Khalil, uh, you know, Arizona's always a wild card because Khalil Tate has, when he's healthy, at times been really, really good. But then they're also losing games like the one against Hawaii that they they really shouldn't be losing. So they're kind of a, a funny team to to look at. Colorado. Seems to be good at times and not so good at times, but they've got an upperclassman quarterback and a big-time target, a wide receiver when he's healthy, so it makes them a little bit dangerous. But none of these are games that Utah shouldn't win. If we were going to argue back and forth about the whether the Utes can not just win this game but win it convincingly, and I think anything over two touchdowns is convincingly, then – then uh, what has to happen? for uh, Tyler Huntley has to continue to play the way he has been, which has been just excellent. Uh, those receivers that we had questions about earlier, they seem to be coming on strong. We'll see if they can do it against the Devils the way they did it against the bad Oregon State team. Uh, the run game needs to continue to be Excellent. The offensive line has to protect Tyler Huntley. And because it's when you have breakdowns there when things get goofy, you know, that's just weird things that happen that make an upset possible. And I think that's part of what happened last year. 
I think it's going to really be on those receivers and Tyler Huntley to go out and make big plays. Because I think Utah should be able to run the ball against Arizona State, but they're pretty good against the run, actually. Uh, This is probably the best thing they're at if you look across the stats, but they're pretty good against the run. They're 11th uh, in the country, and uh, they're allowing just 91.5 yards per game. So that's, I mean, that's pretty good. So... Utah's going to go over that. I mean, if, Zach Moss is going to go over that. But okay. at some point, they're going to have to make some big th- big plays through the pass game. Let's just presume for a moment that ASU can slow, really put a, 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 a force up against that run game. Will the Utes be able to win that game through the air? See, that's... Now, if you look at what Tyler Huntley's done thus far, I'd, I'd bet on yes. But the reason he's been able to do what he's been able to do is because the Utes have been so effective running the ball as well. That's a killer one-two punch. Well, you know what Arizona State is against the pass? What? You want to you take a ballpark guess? We'll see where you... The, well, now that you say it that way, then I figure it must not be very good. Okay. 50th? 102nd. Well... All right. Surrendering 262.8 yards per game through the air. And that could be that could be because you know it's interesting those two stats they one feeds into the other because of an offensive team thinks okay we're not going to really be able to run the ball very effectively against this defense then we're going to throw it more and if you throw it more generally you're going to gain more yardage, right? I think so. Sure, I think I'm it makes sense, that. right? It does make sense. So I don't know if the. If the Utes gain under 100 yards rushing in this game, will, can they win? Will they win? I think they can. Well, it's not going to be as easy, certainly. But, yeah, I think they can. Here, here's what I think the key is, and I'm, I'm stealing this a little bit from Scotty and Hans because I heard them talking about it earlier in the week, but I think they're right on the money. Tyler Huntley needs to, to make plays without thinking he has to do it all. And, and here, I guess, is what I'm getting at. He... he in the USC game, Tyler Huntley thought he had to go out there and win the game. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe he did. I don't know. But he ran the ball against USC 18 times. Well, some of those were off scrambles. A lot of them were. Mm-hmm. But my, my point being is that there, he felt like there was an enormous amount of pressure on him yeah. to go out there and lift his team to the victory. And the way the O-line was playing, frankly, he was probably right. But you look at the rest of the games, Gordon. You look at his, his uh, rushing attempts against Oregon State last week, three. Washington, uh, Washington State, 6. USC, as I said, 18. Um, Idaho State, 6. NIU, 3. BYU, 8. That's, so, that's so, him sitting in the pocket, finding guys, and letting them go out in there and make plays. So if he runs the ball in double figures, something's not right. Something's going haywire. I'm reading that a little bit. Is that, is that a, a fair conclusion to make from those stats that we just rattled I, off right I, there? I, I think it is. And, in the and pe- when he's in that comfort zone, Jake, that is what makes him so freaking effective. Where I mean, it looks almost casual, doesn't it? Uh, it didn't look casual against the Trojans. Well, just to go with, uh, let's see here. Uh, I mean, if you want to go with yard totals. Uh, his worst game was BYU at 106, but outside of that, um, USC is his worst game at 210. So you're looking at against Oregon State 247, against Washington State 334. I mean, when he's sitting down there, uh, sitting back there, and keeping his head up even when he's scrambling, mm-hmm. he's making a ton of plays. So you know, you look at that USC game. It, he needed guys probably to step up, and I, I'm specifically saying the offensive line to give him some time to find you know who he's looking for. But against Arizona State. 
I, I think he needs to sit back there, find the right guy, and let those receivers go make plays just like they did against Oregon State. Remember, they uh, Witt gave him the game ball. One of the real advantages to being at a game instead of watching it on TV is you can see if the receivers are open. And I was covering that USC-Utah game, and I don't remember Utah's receivers running wild back there. There were a couple where where Tyler was scrambling because the offensive line wasn't blocking, and had he kept his head up, uh, he would have been able to find him. But he was he was off to the races running. In fact, I'm trying to remember who did uh, who did uh, the color analyst on the broadcast. I think it was Heward. I think it was Brock Heward. Pointed out a couple of times where he had automatic sixes. Okay, and well, he was well. I don't know about that, but there might have been a couple of occasions when he could have connected with somebody. But it was not like. It was happening on the reg. But I'm not putting the fault on him in that game. He did as much as he could. That, that game was, was somewhat of a disaster from a blocking standpoint. What are, what are you going to do? So, in other words, to beat the Utes, you got to disrupt. Right. You oh, 100%. Knock, it, knock Andy Ludwig's system out of whack. And to do that, you got to stop the run first. All right. Uh, what's your best moment or best memory at what venue? We'll get to a couple of our favorites coming up around the corner. For our favorite answer, we're going to give you uh, Guns and Roses tickets uh, on a win ticket Wednesday. So get that in. We've had a couple of good ones coming in. You can get on our open mic as well. Uh, we also want to remind you about our friends at Ken Garf West Valley Rams. Stop by their dealership during Ram Power Days and take advantage of special offers on new models. Whatever you're looking for, they've got it at West Valley Ram. More big shows straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.